So how, on God's gray earth, did this... On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music And this... Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have Maybe I'd And even this I taught the weeping willow how to cry, cry, cry And I showed the clouds how to cover up a clear blue sky And the tears I cried for that woman are gonna flood you big river And I'm gonna sit right here until I die Become this The sun just went behind the cloud there's darkness all around me now I've just destroyed the world I'm living in Listening to Detours and Outliers. I read. Ah, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. Maybe their best album, eh, maybe their worst album, <clears throat> but it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. This week on the panel, we have Logan Renard. Matthew Marr. And my name is Scott Livingston. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We have a Facebook group. And we even have a uh, website. It's uh, detoursandoutliers.com. And we have an email, detoursandoutliers at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for albums for future episodes, just drop us a line. Uh, we also humbly ask that you take a minute and go into whatever podcasting application you have and rate us six out of five stars, and if possible, subscribe. So on this week's episode, we are discussing Countryman by Willie Nelson. Uh, this is the album that I would often use as an example when I would tell people about this podcast. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, it's Willie Nelson's reggae album. So this is Willie Nelson's reggae album. I guess we start with two questions. What is your uh, relationship with Willie Nelson, the artist, and your relationship with reggae, the genre? Uh, you go, uh, well, uh, Willie's awesome. I yeah. mean, he's a fantastic songwriter, great, I don't know, he's founder of kind of outlaw country movement, um, and uh, sort of an interesting country iconoclast. Yeah. Maybe and uh, and uh, it's no secret that he's a, a big fan of smoking weed. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> and uh, um, yeah. And as far as reggae music or Jamaican music, I'm a big huge fan, and uh, by no means an expert, but love love all kinds of Jamaican music. Go from present day, going back to the fifties and sixties with early original ska and calypso music and things like that. And uh, this is an interesting. Uh, you know, they were they were really trying here. Yeah. It's an interesting ode. And there's a lot of stuff from this time period that's similar in they they really like this stuff and they wanted to try to get into it and this was should note the album <laughs> yeah. did come out in two thousand five, so say I'm a I'm a very big fan of Willie Nelson's public persona. There you go. Uh, I, I really am not um, that familiar with his discography. You know, very familiar with the hits that he's had. You yeah. know, did did like the. Uh, um, he was a member of the Highwaymen, right? You yeah, know? yeah. Yep. And that was you know that, that was you know, very exciting in a sort of super group kind of way. Yes. Um, I am a big fan of his. Uh, um, uh, when I've seen him, you know, on um, not live performances, but recording of live performances, I'm a big fan of his guitar playing. Yeah, I, I marvel that uh, 
that that he's uh, um, played a, a classical guitar rather than a, a you know steel string acoustic, which is favored by most country players for virtually huh. the entirety of his career. True. And and um, um, and uh, there's even uh, well, there's at least one song on here where his soloing features uh, is prominent. So yeah. Um, yeah, and all of that. As far as far as the reggae reggae goes, I'm I'm. Uh, um, rather excited about this podcast because it seems like this is something where where you could really experience Willie Nelson out of the comfort of things that he's much more typically known for. True, true. I mean, Willie is second only to maybe Johnny Cash, the most acceptable country artist to like if you don't like country. Yeah, and, you know, just to... For anyone listening who doesn't know, and this is crude and quick, but Willie back in the day, you know, famously was kind of rejected by Nashville. You know, he was a good songwriter and a good, but he, he yeah. didn't have the, the look or the, or the polished sort of persona that Nashville was about at the time. And, you know, he, along with like Waylon Jennings and cats like that sort of tried to make it in Nashville and were rejected and ended up kind of creating the outlaw country thing that, yeah, that they're known for. And it's, he did write crazy for Patsy Cline way back in the day. And yeah, there are pictures of him in his early, early career. He kind of looks like, you know, George Carlin when he still wore a suit, <laughs> still had dark hair and clean shaven. He does. You can vaguely recognize him, but it's, it, he went through the same sort of transformation where he just, Stop trying to please the masses or the yeah. Exa- I mean, with all the establishment, the, and- the famous outlaw country people, it was all the, all the stuff that Nashville was trying to cure them of, so they could be saleable. Yeah, when they realized they were just flat out not going to make it in Nashville, they really leaned into that shit. And well, Willie with the you know the bandana the, and the, the bandana and the joint and the, the pigtails <laughs> or whatever he is. And there is, uh, um, for those <clears throat> who may not know, uh, we are recording this in Denver, Colorado. And in Colorado, um, smoking marijuana, uh, purchasing marijuana, um, in enjoying marijuana has become a legal phenomenon. And uh, Willie Nelson even has his own brand of weed available here in Colorado. Yeah. Willie and Snoop Dogg. So, yeah, I think they actually send each other Christmas cards, which is, again... I think a lot of the reason this album exists is not because of Willie's great love for reggae music as much as it is his great love for certain herbological substances. Well, hey, let, let's talk about that real quick with like the connection between reggae, or Jamaican music and country music. And there's, yeah. a, there's a fascinating uh, tie in there, um, which is, you know what became reggae and dance hall and, and dub and things like that evolved out of, ska music in the the 50s and 60s and where that came from was i mean this is sort of a legend you know a legend but let's go with it it's true why not it's wikipedia true print print the print the legend but uh um the the good folks in jamaica um had this uh kind of uh basis in uh calypso and lindo music um which is sort of tra- traditional and has you know African roots and things like that, but they were also hearing music from the states via crappy transistor radio or, or shortwave radio, and they were getting whatever was close to them. And one of the stories is that the way you get from early ska, which is kind of like big band jazz dance dance hall music, yeah, um, to rock steady and eventually reggae, is you hear a bunch of uh, um, Cajun music from uh, <clears throat> from the uh, Louisiana and uh, stuff like the meters and and funk and you also hear music out of Nashville and you hear it in really kind of crappy low quality yeah and so a lot of the speculation about where how Jamaican music kind of formed in the in the sixties and seventies was that they were blending kind of the tight harmonies of Nashville. And the kind of weird, off kiltery kind of uh, you know meters ish kind of you know not quite prunk or not quite a, a funk, but sort of proto funky stuff yeah. out of New Orleans, and uh, and they were doing it. They couldn't really hear it so well, so it kind of got mushed in, 
And that's how you get like the one drop and these drum beats that are kind of seemingly backwards and upside down. Yeah. And this real fearlessness with really, really tight, almost gospel-y kind of harmonies. That, that shit all comes out of, straight out of Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. The Carter sisters and whatnot. I yeah. mean, yeah. there is some connection, but it's still... Again, I don't know how much connection Willie Nelson personally had to reggae. No, I, and I think prior to when the, when it, when both of these forms were kind of in like crucial early formative days, like yeah. they had no idea each other existed, existed or were influencing yeah. one another. So. And this uh, to reinforce that point, this album was recorded in uh, Ocean Ocean Way Studios uh, in. Um, or ocean sound, I get them yeah. confused. But either way, Los Angeles, California. Yeah. So this wasn't even, you know, a a, a golf recording or a, a Miami yeah. recording, and certainly not a Jamaican recording. No. It is actually oddly enough, even though this feels very 2005, it was actually started in 1995 when uh, Don Waz and um, Chris Blackwell suggested the idea to Willie Nelson. And he got about halfway through it when the uh, record company dissolved. And then, like, 10 years later, I think Lost Highway came in and sort of helped him finish it. But it does... Well, and, you know, Chris Blackwell... Island Records, uh, yeah. Island Records being really instrumental in bringing uh, Jamaican music out of Jamaica. Yeah. You know, to to Whitey. Yeah, I I can see why they suggested it to Willie. I'm not... Again, I'm not sure how into it Willie was, because he didn't write any new material for this. Like all the originals on here are songs that he wrote back in the day when he was that, you know, short haired guy trying to sell songs to Hank Cochran and Ray Price. I didn't realize it my first time through, but then I was like, well, let's see if he has other versions of these songs. And they're all from like his first and second yeah, album yeah. from I was looking at 1962 that. or whatever. I'm like, oh, well. It's a Johnny Cash why song did he, on there yeah. too. Right. He may have a, a real affinity for reggae music. It doesn't come across here <laughs> no it seems like you know someone else recorded reggae karaoke tracks and then he came yeah. in with his pedal steel guitar guy and the pedal steel is featured prominently oh yeah which you know <laughs> so how like, that instrument got from hawaii well, into country make, music is a whole so nother so, you know perhaps more accurately this isn't as much a reggae album as it is a, a reggae country fusion album yeah but it doesn't feel very fused. It feels like you got one stuff in column A, and about five miles away, you got everything else in column B. It's not. It yeah, sounds the, the like the might not have been hot enough. It's, yeah. It sounds like Willie Nelson hired the cruise ship, you know, lounge band to yeah. back him up. On, yeah. He, and, and, you know, I'm not disparaging the, the you know, the musicianship. The, the musicianship is, fine. is no, great. Yeah. It's it's not like an unpleasant album, like some we could mention, but you know, it's. Actually, I think the most disappointing thing about this album is how boring it gets by the end of it. Yeah. I'll just say it right now. The first few, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And by the end, I'm like, yeah, they all kind of start to sound the same. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. It's, it's a fine album, but it does, yeah. have this, it does have this thing where it sounds like two different styles smushed together and, yeah. you know, maybe like a piece of tape or two. But it's, they, they do not meld. meld at any point. They yeah. kind of are... You could... With an interesting stereo mix, you could have a country country album yeah. in one ear and a, a, oh, yeah. a, I was just gonna suggest a calypso that album have, in the other. Yeah, you know, one band <laughs> in one ear, one in the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's certain instruments that clearly Willie's brand brought, and well, there's others that yeah, done that yet. yeah, <laughs> we're already there. Well, do we want to dive into it? I think the uh, first track is "Do You Mind Too Much If I Don't Understand." shouldn't go And the first to say be happy if you can But to lie and hurt someone So, do you mind too much if we don't understand what Willie Nelson's going for here? Is this reggae? Uh, no, actually, uh, it's a that was a ska drum beat. It's this is more of a upbeaty kind of dance hall thing. Okay. Um and man, the steel guitar is cranked up. Oh yeah, yeah. Willie Willie may not have done his research again. This feels a lot like Willie was brought in 
towards the end of the making of this album, wasn't really involved in the whole thing. Or he might have been on the couch. Yeah. yeah, he probably was there. He just wasn't involved. I wonder if he had playback from the rhythm section. When <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that is a, this. This song I think works a little bit better than some of them yeah. that we'll talk about here in a bit. In the sense that um, it's not always clear that Willie is singing in the same. Um, rhythmic universe as the rest of the band. Yeah. I, I almost feel like this was recorded with Willie's band. They went back and erased the band and added the reggae beat without his, you know, consent or knowledge. Well, that, it's one of the interesting things, you know, with other albums we've listened to so far where like, especially I'm thinking of the Rolling Stones one where it's like, this was the album where they realized they should never do this again and they should stick to doing their thing that they're yeah. really good at. And, it's interesting how that relates to what Willie's doing here, which is Willie's doing Willie and he doesn't care what's going on. It's like, it's like he learned that lesson a long time ago and it's like, no matter what else going on, like do uh, Willie. Yeah. If I, wonder, I have to take the headphones off, I'm just yeah. going to sing this song. <laughs> I wonder how many of the musicians on this uh, album were, were regular contributors to Willie's music, either, uh, either on vinyl or live. Yeah. I I'm, looked to see who the, the, you know, the band were. was and it wasn't anybody, you know, I, Looking at that cover, I'm like, holy shit, they got Sly and Robbie and, you know, yeah. or, or Family Man or, or you know, somebody. somebody with some Names. Uh, reggae or, you know, Jamaican music uh, pedigree. Um, all those people are still out there. They're still working uh, yeah. because of the crookedness of the record industry in Jamaica. They'd probably they, be they'd happy probably to be, happy be asked to. to <laughs> you give them any sort of incentive to show up in they, the studio. They, they need will to work. Yeah. Um, so. So, but, uh, alas, I don't really think so. I, again, don't mean to disparage anyone in the band, but yeah, it, that I think if they'd like reached out and got, gotten one, yeah, you know, uh, kind of, uh, seasoned, uh, you know, reggae musician to really tie things together, it probably would have yeah. fit together a little bit better. I don't know. So this is, um, so far it's Willie Nelson's Scott album. So far, yeah. so far. Maybe we'll check out the next track. Oh. That's plugged in. <laughs> Do not touch the guitar. How long is forever? I fell too hard and much too deep in love with you. And I let you come and go at will, it seems. But you're back again, this time you say forever But I wonder just how long forever means So how long is forever? It's apparently 3 minutes and 19 seconds This is one of his early hits from 1962-ish I mean, apparently it was recorded by Ray Price as well as Cliff Richards um, The thing is... Uh, I have this really bad album I bought like back in 92, 93 called Is It Rolling Bob, which was a bunch of reggae artists doing Bob Dylan tribute. It was pretty good, right? Well, if they had really good reggae artists, it probably would have been, but it seems like they just got sort of very generic, not that uh, good reggae artists. I'll have to listen to that one. But that's kind of what this feels like is they they recorded a tribute album to Willie Nelson in the reggae style because I think there's a whole series of these. Yeah. And then just got Willie to do the lead vocals. I in the, so this song has our first one drop. All right. Yeah. So uh and the tempo is not completely uh you know one thing that people right miss, it's not raging right it's mi a little... miss about reggae stuff uh is that it is characteristically really really slow and kind of sleazy yeah and so we're not i'm we're, not feeling sleazy i don't feel like i need to take a shower or anything but it's not it's closer than the last song yeah it's closer yeah, than the, the last music two. is very happy yeah, yeah. It's, it, all these songs despite the very sort of stereotypically maudlin nashville lyrics are yeah which is bouncy <laughs> That's funny about country and I mean, that's more of an, another thing where maybe they have more in common than they don't is uh, Jamaican music, reggae in particular, is kind of pissed off angry music and it gets mistaken for this tropical happy yeah. stuff. Uh, 
And I think that's pretty funny. You could say the same thing, especially outlaw country where it's like, yeah, people like to listen to it in a bar while they're getting drunk and having a good time or dancing to it. And it's like, you know, the song's about like, you know, like, uh, you know, shooting a guy or (laughs) my girl done run off with my pickup truck and ran over my dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty sad bastard or there's a couple of darkness at the, you know, all over the earth and there's a couple of really dark. That is another thing that doesn't quite, quite work quite as well. I think is the, you know, thematically, um, like I said, that, that reggae can be dark country, certainly can be dark, that sort of, that sort of thing. But, but it also seems that at least the, uh, the, uh, the more, the more, um, uh, mainstream or at least more popular, I guess, way to put it, um, reggae music is, it, it always had something where, where, um, you felt like you were listening to someone who had something to say other than I love you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of or songs you did about me wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah. It frequently has sort of a fatalistic attitude to yeah. it. I mean, and a, right, a revolutionary and fire. Yeah. It. There's or not, it's more like you're right. Revolutionary fire or even, even, you know, I love you even though everything is shit. Yes. Right? There's you know, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a similar, I mean, just say it. There's a similar like kind of machoistic misogyny with with country music and 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 reggae stuff. It's a lot of like you know badass machismo and that I, damn woman who's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> particular into like real reggae era stuff. Um, it there's a lot of parallels between like gangster rap kind of stuff, except the reggae guys in Jamaica at the time actually did shoot each other and weren't hamming it up for <laughs> well yeah <laughs> hamming it up for a record label they you know and and again the parallels with outlaw country stuff and Waylon and Willie and cats like that are pretty strong which again sort of makes it funny that they yeah. they're missing so <laughs> well i mean so yes much. i mean if a country artist were going to do a reggae album you would expect it to be Willie Nelson and not say Clint Black or Garth Brooks yeah well, in the same way that uh, if you're a fan of sort of outlaw classic outlaw country stuff, you probably wouldn't recognize any popular country of today. Uh, Jamaican music has similarly evolved, yeah, and or devolved, you, or devo- and yeah, it just. I mean, oh yeah, I, I was you, listening if, um, to Jamaican radio the other day, um, a reggae station, quote and, unquote. and I. I not only didn't recognize anything, I wasn't even sure what kind of music I was listening to. Yeah, it's moved on. Uh, much like, it, much it, like rap has. It, and, it moved know. on a while ago. Right. That's the other, we tend to idealize this really small well, yeah. period of, of Jamaican music. When and, everyone bought Bob Marley's Legend album, and that's what everyone knows and which thinks is, all reggae is. Most of the songs on that were you know, with Chris Blackwell and Island yeah. Records. A lot of the songs, I think, on that Legend album, and maybe, I forget which one it was. Burnin's the first one, but I'm not sure if they did it on... The first one by the Whalers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the big Bob Marley hits famously were recorded in Jamaica, the rhythm tracks and stuff, and then brought to, to England, um, where he added his vocals, and they sped them up um, quite a bit, actually. If you listen to the a slow or a particularly like a live version of I shot the sheriff. It seems like it's half the speed of the one you've heard on the radio yeah. and it imparts a completely different vibe. All of a sudden it's this really sinister. Yeah. Well, someone's know, getting shot. It shouldn't be as fun to dance. Yeah, to as ex- it is. exactly. And so that, I think, uh, Willie might be working off of the wrong source material. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't think he did a lot of research. I mean, he didn't bother to write any new material for this. I, it doesn't feel very Willie, which is a shame. Um, so the next track is actually a cover, but not a Willie Nelson cover. It's a Johnny Cash song. I'm a worried man. Stay away and don't come back again. Uh, 
So, Johnny Cash. And Toots Hibbard. Toots, yeah. yes. We got a guest star. Not someone doing a whole lot, but adding some authenticity yeah, to it. Yeah, a genuine the, Jamaican singer. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that is a general comment I have for this album. I am very grateful that um, Willie did not tr- attempt a Jamaican accent while he was singing. Yeah. I, yes, you know, I think that, God, is, that, that is one redeeming, you know, it is a problem. Problematic. Yeah, it is a... Is a you know, one of the things that is, is kind of odd is hearing his voice in these reggae songs or these reggae style songs. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, that's the way it should be. It should be him singing, yes. doing what he does. And that part of it is is uh, a relief. Exactly. Yeah, he didn't he didn't try to do that. And thank you, Willie. Yeah. Like Aiden Brody did on SNL. <laughs> yeah. And or I mean. Just, Any number of white oh, people over the years. Yeah, it's kind of problematic. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I think this song lyrically yeah. works well in this particular style. Yeah, the, the Johnny Cash song seems a lot more suited to this style than any of the Willie songs so far. And this this has like a rocker's beat, so it's like a, a, a eighth note bass drum thing. It's a little bit more propulsive. Um, and uh, it's interesting to hear Toots and Willie kind of Singing at the same time because you kind of get somebody who's a little bit more in tune with the feel of the yeah the rhythm, and then somebody who's kind of doing their thing over it, which made made me think, you know, this would be a great uh, uh, William Shatner reggae album if you just use the same backing tracks and yeah, maybe maybe mix the pedal steel a little bit quieter. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. That is something that that I had thought of earlier as well. The thing about you know, I know it is. Um, fashionable and for good reasons to make fun of William Shatner the the having listened to a, a bunch of the stuff that he's done it really is hit or miss there are times where where it seems like if he's on a on a, a an album where he is part of the music it makes for good listening yeah and the other ones where he just is sitting Phoned on top later. of it right it just it just doesn't quite fit it fit it's very sticky yeah the 2004 uh album What's it? Uh, the one Ben Foltz did. Oh yeah, uh, has been. Has been. That one's great. But some of the other ones since then, and like the the one with um, like Rocket Man and all the guests. Right, right, right. He does all the the space oddity kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, those are a little sticky and hacky and not as I, exactly. And I think I think this album sounds oh probably about half and half. Right, half yeah. of it is just it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like Willie was really, as you were I- indicating earlier, that was really part of what was going on. Yeah. Right. You know, and you know, perhaps he was uh, in in terms of his uh, mind. Who knows yeah. what he was thinking, yeah, or if I he was even there. there. Right. Yeah. You know, but uh, but he at the probably same doesn't time, remember I think at this they point. Had a good time making this yeah. record. I sure. Think, I think they got together in a studio. Willie smoked a bunch of weed and sang a bunch of his classic old songs. Yeah, didn't have to think this. too much. Yeah, like, true. Yeah. And it's just fun. And I, 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 I don't know. I, as as much as I'm kind of tearing into the little details in this stylistically and everything, it's like I think they had a real good time making this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would have shown up for those sessions. It, it, it feels like maybe this album is not for us. And was but I wonder, for, yeah, <laughs> it was just for Willie. It was for them. Well, there was. A, I did. I did. A, take the liberty of reading a couple of critical reviews of this. Yeah. Uh, when uh, you know. Um, that were that came out when the album came out, uh, they were not very laudatory. No. Uh, however, fan responses were quite a bit different, and the I would say the most typical response that fans seemed to have to this album was that um, you, you, it, it's fun, it's good to listen to, it's way better if you smoke a joint. Well, that's that's true of a lot of music. I don't know if that really should be it's, a qualifier, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it usually makes music better. Well, yeah, but. but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Particularly lame music. Yeah. Well, maybe it, that's it we can should go a certain in a, attention to things that are enjoyable that you might miss if you're distracted by the noise of everyday life. Yeah. True. True. So, next shall one. we move on to the next one? I think this is a uh, since we've gone from Johnny Cash, we'll do Jimmy Cliff. The harder they come. Well, I like this one. Well, they tell me of a pie in the sky. Waiting for me when I die 
But between the day you're born and when you die They never even seem to hear you cry So as sure as the sun will shine I'm gonna get my share now of what's mine harder they come, the harder they fall, one and all. Okay, so the Jimmy Cliff number is actually the least reggae-sounding thing on here. With the exception of some wood block. I yeah. think they completely avoided it, and I'm glad that they did, because I like this. this yeah. Is- uh, this could have been just an odd cover choice on a regular Willie Nelson album and yeah. wouldn't have stuck out. It didn't need to be on the reggae album. Yeah, it, it's nice. It's It's got a good tempo. It's laid back. The instrumentation is really is really um, yeah. country well, yeah. with the dobro and, and um, violin. And yeah, and the, the accordion, which brings it back to that Cajun Zydeco feel. And so... It should. I mean, we should mention that it's the harder they come by Jimmy Cliff, and it's the kind of title track of the album that went along with the movie, "The Harder They Come," starring Jimmy Cliff. Um, which, for a lot of people, if you weren't exposed to reggae via Bob Marley's Legend album sometime in the early '90s or whenever, uh, yeah. you probably were aware of uh, Jamaican music and culture and stuff from this movie, which came out in 1972, and uh, really has a lot of. Uh, kind of underground cred. I mean, the uh, Paul Simonon from The Clash, you know, famously like slips in a, a reference to Harder They Come and Guns of Brixton. And you just for a lot of people, this was, you know, the first kind of window into a lot of people in the States. This was and and England, you know, this was a they're they're into to reggae music. Yeah. And it's a, a good choice for Willie to not do Bob Marley, which would have been but, you know, this is the most obvious Jimmy Cliff song to do. So that may be why he dialed the reggae back so much on it. Yeah, I mean, it's You don't kinda, want to invite comparisons. Yeah, and uh, he, I don't know. It is probably one of the most famous early reggae, you know, Jamaican songs. And, yeah, it's good that it's in a country style. And it really is neat. It shows off the strength of, like, how good. It's like a good song. If you can if you can strip it down to kind of a cowboy song and it's still a good song yeah. with interesting lyrics, then somebody, you know, Jimmy yeah. Cliff wrote a hell of a song. Yeah. yeah. And this is one where you can see the, the country reggae connection if it's yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and, and the only real disappointment about this song is it makes me wish, well, why didn't Willie just do a whole album that sounds like this of reggae yeah. classics or standards? Well, one of the, Interesting things about the the Harder They Come album that I, I really relates to this is that, um, God, what is it? Wait, not, uh, Many Rivers to Cross and maybe one or two other songs on there were recorded at Muscle Shoals mm. with Dave Hood and, you know, the, the Muscle Shoals band. Yeah. And they don't, it's kind of like the inverse of this. It's Jimmy Cliff singing this really soulful kind of Jamaican stuff over these white guys kind of trying to like cop a tropical thing, but really just doing their muscle shoals groovy thing, which is awesome. It's kind of the, if you flip this on its head and you had the, you know, well, I mean, we had toots guesting on a Willie album. I wonder if, you know, Willie would guest on a toots album. That would be something to hear. And wasn't this the first, the first of a, um, uh, a group of departure albums for Willie or something along those lines where he was trying to, He's done some odd ones. There's one back in like the 70s called Stardust, where I think it's similar to this, where he recorded in his usual style, but it's a bunch of old, like before Rod Stewart beat it to death, you know, the great American <laughs> songbooks so are like Stardust Memories and right, you know, sort of Some that, Enchanted that, that Evening and that kind of stuff. I've not listened to it. Kind but of vocal jazz kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Where's Willie's disco album at? I don't know. His last album was actually a tribute to Frank Sinatra. It's called My Way. So. No kidding. Yeah, he's he's still smoking the weed and he's still making the music, so that that may occasionally lead to you get you get interesting out of it for long choices. Enough, you know, you get into some pretty you get weird. Bored. You find I mean, yourself in some pretty weird places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has been doing it, but since you know, late fifties, he's he's earned the right. But um, moving on, let's do another semi-original. Something to think about.
just what I'll do Now that it's over and done Well, that's something to think about And I've already begun So there we go. Something to think about. Um, we were talking about uh, earlier Willie's nylon string guitar. He's got a nice little solo there. Um, in country circles, is Willie considered something of a guitar hero, or is that just what he likes to do and everyone else? Uh, yeah, no, he's he's pretty well respected. Yeah, I know by, his, his guitar has like gotten a... beat to hell and has a name and a whole built in it and yeah. or dug in it. But, so he can yeah. hide a stash when the cops try to. Well, yeah, yeah. Apparently he's bus, had man. it, he's had it reinforced so that it doesn't, you know, completely fall apart. I was going to say, cause it but, looks um, like Yeah, but crap, he leaves, but, he leaves the hole in it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to say he's, he's it's a good just, guitar player. I'd never really thought about that. Having not listened to a lot of Willie, but yeah, no, good? he's, he's really good at playing that thing. Yeah. And, you know, there's no effects to hide behind with the nylon string, although... And he uses it much more like a... Uh, uh, well, I mean, this is probably a terrible comparison, but it, it's, um, you know, like B.B. King. Yeah. And, you know, B.B. would always say, I don't play chords. And, you know, I know Willie does play chords, but yeah. at the same time, he can let the band do what they want, and then he can, you know... Step come in and, when it's time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Well... Uh, not much to say about something to think about. So let's go on to another Jimmy Cliff song. And again, we're going with something obvious. Sitting in limbo. Sitting here in limbo. Waiting for the dice to roll. Sitting here in limbo. I got some time to search my soul. Well, they're putting up resistance, but I know that my faith will lead me on. Okay, sitting here in limbo. Um, clearly, he's decided not to lay off the reggae for this one. In fact, he's certainly going for it. He's got the. I think he went all in. I heard a little yeah. dobro here and there, but that yeah. was... Um, this that, was one of the more reggae reggae songs. Which is interesting because on the the album, the, the soundtrack album, it's not very... It's essentially a country, country-ish song. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's way more Straight Jamaican from. in nature on, on the Willie tune. Yeah. It is a... Yeah, and there's, there's you know, it's... it's um, it really does sound. It, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the musicianship on this. Yeah, it really does sound like something like we, we were making a, a little joke about a cruise ship sort of thing. But yeah, but yeah, it's like you're on vacation and you're at a hotel and this is the house band doing yeah. something like this. And and the uh, the um, you know the um, corporate girls are going crazy on their their yeah right yeah it's it's not. You know, as weird a combination as Willie Nelson and reggae is, this is not very challenging to listen to. It's, it's It could go on in the background real easily, and unless you happen to notice it was Willie, you wouldn't think twice about it, really. like, oh, this is just, yeah, it's pleasant if you thought about it. Yeah. Well, this one has a couple of uh, kind of stylistic hallmarks that I wish a couple of the other tunes did, had. Yeah. It, you know, it's got the great, you know, kind of tight harmony backup singer thing it's got the the swirly organ uh, yeah. which which i really wish uh the pedal steel guy could have laid off the pedal steel about half the time and done some swirly organ it fits in with the rest of the stuff texturally yeah uh much better uh and uh it's still not quite slow you yeah. know stylistically speaking but uh um but the tempo is a little bit more there's a there's a real uh sort of reggae reggae thing on there where the the baseline really doesn't really emphasize the one like we would in rock and roll or funk yeah. or most stuff or that usually country <laughs> or country one and so it's kind of got this Five, and da, yeah. da, 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 da. well considering and, the album was recorded you know in like two batches with a nearly 10 year gap between them i'm wondering 
which songs are part of the first 1995 group and which yeah, ones are part of the... Do you think they listened? Yeah, because, the... you know, if I could tell which ones were which, I might be able to say, oh, I like the earlier or they figured it out and I like the later, but I'm not sure which ones are which, so... Well, not, you know, the happy, up-tempo, breezy feeling of that song, too. Uh, yeah. I really, I almost expected to hear steel drums on it. it was, yeah, um, it is sort of almost you know, Jimmy Buffett or, you know, Kokomo by the Beach Boys or something. Well, and the steel drums are kind of more, uh, um, they, they're... They fit more with uh, Calypso or Lindo music. Oh, sure, rather sure. Than, this is not and, authentic. And, and, and so when somebody like you know Jimmy Buffett, yeah, kind of blends all that stuff together, it's kind of like yeah, faux uh, tropical. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a bit of a mess the way things are. Exactly, mixed it's not. That's. Yeah, yeah, there it's uh, uh, all, all you nerds out there. It is full on, uh, you know, space Viking uh, genre mixing kind yeah. of territory. Well, and and speaking of Jimmy Buffett, we are getting into the question of cultural appropriation here. I mean, should Willie be able or allowed to do a reggae album at all? I guess is another question that this album doesn't really. Well, you know, the, the thing is, in, in, when it comes to cultural appropriation with rock stars, yeah. there, there have been bands that have gone down to Jamaica yeah. and, and um, spent their money there. Yes. And used local musicians. The Clash and the Rolling Stones. Be, or, being, you know, very yeah. prominent, right? The Clash yeah, and the Rolling yeah. Stones certainly did that. And, um, but, but they did have to flash a lot of money around to do that, you know? Yeah. So maybe, maybe Willie just didn't want to do that, or maybe he just didn't have any inclination about that at all. I do believe that two videos for this uh, album yeah. were made by the record company, and they did send Willie to Jamaica to make the videos. Which I'm sure he enjoyed. Uh, it, I'm sure, but um, but it doesn't seem like Jamaica has anything to do with this album. No, no. This is all. more of an American's idea of what reggae music well, is then. And as I talked about earlier, like music in Jamaica has changed a lot since any you know, a popular music in Jamaica. Yeah. And the band, like the whalers and kind of the, the bands that are out there. I mean, I think Jimmy, Jimmy Cliff's still out there doing stuff. I saw him not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and his band was amazing. He was great. Um, but, uh, they're almost like these kind of review sort of, it would be like going to see, uh, I mean, not not like a Beatles tribute band, but it's yeah. it's throwbacky music. That's not the cool music that's going well, yeah. on in Jamaica today. That the kids can't wait to get the next single, and yeah. just it, it's not the it's it's a throwbacky thing even there. So I wonder the the validity of you know when the Stones and the Clash and and whoever else you know went to Jamaica to record stuff. This stuff was this, you More know, current. Th- yeah, it was, it was, that's concurrent. what was going on. Yeah. That's yeah. what was going on. You could go to that studio where the thing you really like so much was recorded and get the sound because you could hire the same people and be in the same room with the same gear and the same producer and everything. Yeah. That shit's been gone for 30 or more years at this point. Yeah. And well, yeah. Assuming that. Jamaican music still sounds like Peter Tosh is assuming rock and roll still sounds like the Rolling Bud, Stones. Buddy Holly or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, as far as the cultural appropriation thing, I don't know. I feel like, fuck yes, Willie should be able to make a reggae album. Yeah. I I know there it's, it's problematic with big pop stars with lots of money yeah. and it gets into kind of the exploitive nature of, of the record industry in Jamaica, which was, you know, you can look into that. It's exceedingly unfair. And, uh, and, it, and it's not as if the country music industry in America was fair. Yeah. 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 So, so there's you mean, absolutely. I, I think that's a right. There is a problem with cultural appropriation. Willie Nelson. I don't, I don't know as if, if, this is big enough or, or, or marketed in such a way that he's trying to, um, yeah, he's not like putting out anything, yeah, 30 it, albums art, of this art, and pretending he invented it. Artistically go for it, Willie. Yeah. Go for he, it. Anybody cultural appropriation is kind of how music gets passed around and heard by different people. The, the problem with it is when, uh, it's you know, taken without credit. Some some corny rock star stands on the shoulders of people who who died broke to make a right, thing and and yeah. got rich as hell doing it. And in this case, I really don't think that's what he was 
trying to do. No, Willie was already and, famous yeah. for one thing. So, well, shall we move on to the next one? Uh, speaking of darkness, this is a uh, darkness on the face of the earth. I stumbled through the darkness. My footsteps were unsure. I lived within a world that had no sunshine. And when you left me, darling, my world came to an end. And there was darkness on the face of the earth. The stars fell out of heaven. The moon could not be found. The sun was in a mist. So it is really possible to make a killer dub version of this album. Like there, there are the elements. Just particularly this song, it's very dub centric. Yeah, this is this is definitely the dubbiest one. You've got the the spring reverb, the the uh, tape delay echo, um, the real you know sparse stripped down rhythm track. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, somebody could. I wish they'd done more of that because that doesn't that doesn't uh, Willie can keep doing Willie's thing and you can do a bunch of that sort of stuff and oh, yeah. make it a it lot be. more interesting. And I wonder where uh, I misspoke before this. Most of this album was indeed recorded in Los Angeles, but some of it some of it was recorded at least um, um, some parts of songs perhaps were recorded in Jamaica. It says additional recording in the liner notes, whatever that means. So, so you, you know, who knows? I mean, you can do dub anywhere. You could do it in your basement, but, yeah. um, but I, I wonder if, uh, you, you know, maybe this was one where some of those touches on the song, they, right, they, right. they yeah. flew this one out and I just, there's, there's certain things, you know, if you ever listened to like real dub versions of, uh, Jamaican songs, like they, that, the, they let the tape, tape delay feedback until it's about to to blow your speakers and the folks at the record mastering plant are are complaining about it and and all that sort of stuff and here it's kind of in the background if you're listening to it and it's a mild spice you can, yeah. yeah it's a mild spice you, you 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 went to the restaurant and you ordered number two spicy you're not going well, up yeah, the number five yeah. spicy and then back here. in the days of, of vinyl records as well you know you go to the mastering plant you're not going to be able to keep the needle in the groove with some of that stuff which is um yeah well this was coming out in 2005 out. so they might not have yeah they probably uh yeah i mean they the, the it's been polished yeah. yeah. Since like, you know, dub in 75 is quite a bit different than 2005. Hi-fi dub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, moving along, um, speaking of darkness on the face of the earth, I've just destroyed the world. Is that what we're on or one in a row? Oh, yeah. One in a row. I skipped one in a row. say that you've been true just one day all right one in a row we're we're getting towards the end of the album which is good because these are starting to blend together and this um, is more like the first one up tempo ska yeah yeah it's kind of half halfway between uh rocksteady and ska kind of yeah this was originally tune. recorded on the 1967 album make way for willie nelson you know, this this album does make a lot more sense that once you realize that a lot of those songs really were written in the 1960s. Yeah. Lyrically, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It's, it's just, they're just... A certain lack of depth. Superimposed on, on these uh, reggae rhythms. You, yeah. you think this is Willie trying to cash in on some of his song catalog with some, some Trustafarian people in the... Maybe it, the it, early two thousands. It, it's know? quite possible that um, you know who knows whoever yeah. recorded those songs in the sixties. He might have gotten he might have gotten points on them. He might yeah. have gotten a one I, one one payment for or, those songs, yeah. right? You know, when I listened to this one, I was when I listened to this album, I was uh, um, sort of inspired to go look up the two thousand five Bonnaroo lineup. If there you, you go. If you follow what I mean. <laughs> it's very Bonnaroo. Yes, it's very it's very. Uh, a lot of the jam bands in Hoobastank the late '90s, early Guster. And well, like this is like widespread panic reggae. There you go. You know, yeah. like this is, uh, 
how you know fish thinks reggae goes yeah. really really uh new england reggae yeah it's new england reggae yeah <laughs> there you go you know by the yeah. by the beach yeah <laughs> all right well shall we now we can do i've just destroyed the world how about that Behind the cloud, there's darkness all around me now. I've just destroyed the world I'm living in. I broke her heart so many times. Now at last. So Matt was talking about, you know, why these old songs were used. My theory initially was that, you know, Don was says, We're doing a reggae album for you, Willie. We need you to write ten songs and come into the studio. In six weeks, and in six weeks, Willie forgot completely. Showed up at the studio and like, well, here's some old songs we can play, do. Play montage of Willie sitting on a couch smoking a joint. Yeah, and just Cal- the calendar pages tearing off. Six months later, oh shit! Oh, that reggae album. You you think he forgot that he wrote those, and somebody was just like, well, that was the other thing is, well the. The thing is, you know, he started this in 95. In 1998, he released an album called Teatro or something, where he also re-recorded this song as well as Darkness on the Face of the Earth. So he may have just been in a retrospective, nostalgic mood in the 90s and really wanted to do these songs again. I don't know. but And that's not a uncommon country thing to no, have, no. like, uh, standards, you know? like. Yeah. It, we we sort of take that for granted now that most stars or singers or instrumentalists or whatever were not writing their own material. That was that was a pretty weird thing until yeah. people like Willie kind of popularized it. Yeah. You you sang the song catalog of of the day, whatever yeah. was popular. Well, and, and, and you discovered you got more money if yeah, you wrote the song. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that helps. And so I I mean I think that having different. You know, back in the day with the early country stuff, it's probably not that uncommon to record the same song over and over in different styles so that, oh, I don't know, different dances could be done to the same song or different, you know, the, the stripped down four piece yeah. band or the big, you know, concert hall band. With well, take John Denver's greatest hits. None of those are actually um, the actual <laughs> hits. He re-recorded all of them because he got signed to a new record label. And the record label wanted to put out those songs, but they didn't have the masters. Yeah. So he just re-recorded right. them. And for you business people out there, right, there are, there are different kinds of copyrights. And one of them is for the recording, the yes, actual the recording. Right, and, as uh, opposed to the songwriting. And, there's, and, yeah. you, and you, get, you get different types of royalties for So it might have been, you know, these each. were due to go into, you know, past copyright expiration or, you know, who knows. But... The song itself, not you know much it can, to say about. And you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge him if it was done for that kind of cynical reason. There uh, are worse reasons to record a song. I yeah. think Scott, your theory, your theory makes more sense to me. Actually, is like we had this great idea one night when we were hanging out, probably you know, smoking him and Don something. Rez it was and something. We're going to do a reggae album. All right, when we get in six months, have some songs ready, and um, well, six months came, and this is what I got in my file drawer. Yes. Well, I have, I think, some personal insight on maybe why this album happened. And that, you know, I was going, again, went to a lot of kind of jammy sort of shows in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And there was a lot of this sort of stuff going around. And Willie was on the road. Um, a lot of the jam, you know, like a yeah. lot of like government mule and oh, that, yeah. that type of <laughs> jam. A lot of stuff yeah. was really hopping. And they all had great respect for Willie as a songwriter and, uh, um, and a weed smoker <laughs> and a weed smoker and uh, like culturally, like it might not be the thing that, you know, if there's a, a movie about the early 2000s, oh God, there will soon eventually, um, yes, you know, this might not be the part of the culture that's, you know, floats to the, the top or whatever, but certainly around, you know, 98 to, you know, whatever, like the commercialization of kind of jammy sort of hippie culture is going off. And I'm not saying that Willie uh, was trying to cash in in any sort of, 
deceptive way, but this is this was hip and cool at the time, and you get well, yeah, well, yeah, and and get, as happens every couple of generations, the young people rediscover Willie, and I think yeah, he did have a bit of a cultural resurgence. Well, I mean, I mean this he, this sort of you know kind of weird yeah. uh, st- uh, uh, styled cover album might have been like his uh, his way in. Yeah, it would have well, expanded yeah. his appeal to the festival circuit for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was doing cameos on the Simpsons and he was in that movie wag the dog at the time he was, he was hip again for a moment. So, Oh yeah. You know, I think my first real introduction to Willie uh, Nelson was when I was a kid and there was a Robert Redford movie called electric cowboy. Oh, I remember that movie. What a mustache. Yeah. And, (laughs) and I, I thought it was so cool. He just had a very small part. He played, he played a member of the band, but they just kicked back in the uh, hotel room drinking and smoking weed. And I was like, wow, is that guy cool? He, well, he does give off cool vibes. Even if you don't know or like a single song of his Willie, regardless of what we say about this album, you are famously cool. Well, which also (laughs) I think fits in the, with the reggae thing. Cause you know, about, 15, 20 years ago, I had a roommate who had a giant poster of Bob Marley on his wall. He was deaf. He still liked Bob Marley, even though he yeah. couldn't hear anything he said. <laughs> I, I think it was because a, said deaf roommate also was quite a pothead. Yeah. <laughs> and good iconography was, can make make or break a someone. Yeah, so yeah, I think check. Willie Nelson may have had sort of that Bob Marley poster moment at check this the, time. Check the cover art of this very album. Yeah, there's not uh, You can roll subtlety. a joint on it. Maybe not on a CD, though. CDs are crappy. Yeah, this came out when CDs were... I think it was yeah. a double fold originally. So really? Yeah, yeah you gotta, then you could roll something. Yeah, you could, yeah, yeah. put the seeds in them. Anyway, yeah. we're giving seeds. away too much. Let's go on to You Left Me a Long, Long Time Ago. You left me a long, long time ago Tell me today that you're leaving But just think a while, I'm sure that you must know Today might be the day that you walk away I noticed that all the uh, guest appearances and cover songs are in the first half of the album. I'm starting to think that possibly... Willie knew this album was going to be more of a gag gift than an actual album. And so he put the good stuff first because this is starting to get a little repetitive. Yeah. And although I can't, I can't remember if we mentioned this at the top of the podcast or not, but this album did reach number one on the reggae charts, which by the way, translates to really, really low on the Billboard 100. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know uh, what their competition was. R- right, uh, but but uh, but that would kind of make sense, too, because um, we were talking about the broader appeal that, that Willie was was garnering among yeah. the younger set at the time, and, uh, and I could see that um, lots of people buying this, yeah. either as a, as a present or as a gag or as whatever. White elephant, yes. Right, and as long as the first few songs kind of drew you in, it would be all right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, we have another uh, one droppy song. It's a little bit too fast for its own good. Uh, Willie's melody yeah. at the top of this kind of made me chuckle just in how it's a little bit not quite. I like, you know, we kind of talked about how we're happy that he's not doing, uh, you know, musical blackface kind of fake. Uh, yeah. Right. You Accents. know, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, I'm, well, I'm glad that he's not doing that. I think there are parts of his phrasing and and style that are just really kind of square peg yeah uh, at odds with what's going on around that yeah with a particular rhythm or style and there doesn't there's not a lot of um i mean most of these songs i I agree most of them just seem too fast tempo songs yeah tempo wise to be uh you know to be reggae songs of and course, if he's going to do that, then he should just go all the way and make it really it, fast. And yeah, exactly. But it, it, he's no stranger to singing a slow song. And, no. and also, yeah. um, look, I am, I am not a, uh, you know, I am not a pothead. Nonetheless, um, I, I tend to believe that that pot is not the kind of drug that would make you want to go faster. Yeah. Um, but um, but uh, who knows? With this, today's selective strains, maybe that's what was going on. This is uh, this is jam band festival reggae. Yeah. Like, this this album is bookmarked on either side by the Easy Dub All Stars doing their uh, dark side dub side of the moon, and then the Radiohead 
uh, thing a couple years later. Yeah. Um, and doing a really good job. Uh, yeah, one there's thing, nothing wrong with it. It's one, just... One thing that really stands out in this song with Willie's vocals is that, you know, we've had a ska song, a rocksteady song, a couple of things that maybe are... Appro- nothing on this has been even close to be called reggae proper no. if you yeah. really pure care, authentic care about that stuff it's way too fast and way too busy it's it's island bob marley reggae for sure but um but anyways there's these different styles and there's profoundly different vocal stylings to go along with those different rhythms and tempos and things like that and willie's just kind of doing his same thing over all of it as if it was it it would be like if you had an Iron Maiden song playing and you sang it like Buddy Holly. Yeah. It, <laughs> and then you and you know and then you change the yeah, the backing track to uh you know a Rolling Stones song and you sang it like Buddy Holly. It's like maybe a little bit better but still something not quite right. You yeah. Know. Well, and I think that's what what I meant earlier is is as well as I I like I like that he's not faking it. Yeah. It just it just doesn't a lot of the songs, some are better than others, like you said. You know, maybe maybe some work a little bit better, but it's almost like he's not there with the band. Yeah, no. It seems like he could have done a little bit more home homework, and I. It's disappointing because I I really do think Willie is a, a big Jamaican music fan and a big fan of of you know most music. I've never heard. He's not the, you know. Yeah. He's he's not the the redneck country singer guy you hear saying shit like, well, I like all kinds of music except for rap, you know. No, he's or whatever, you know, like he's still plugged in. He's still yeah. you know hanging with new people. I mean, he just put out that song for what Beta O'Rourke like yeah, yeah. a couple months ago. He's still trying to, you know, out there fighting Monsanto and, you know, letting his kids play with Neil Young and whatnot. But yeah. this is, yeah, uninvolved, I think is the problem. So well, t- let's keep going then. Uh, I guess I've come to live here. I guess I've come to live here in your eyes. This must be the place. Oh, paradise. You are so precious to me. What a special time. Well, I guess that sort of wraps up this one. I mean, what do we think in general? I mean, is this a good album for reggae fans? Is this a good album for Willie Nelson fans? Is this just, uh, you know, the thing with experimental music is most experiments fail, so... I liked it. I'll listen to it again. It's actually a pretty good listen from top to bottom. It's quick. Yeah, it, it is a short album. Fast. It gives me. I've I've certainly listened to more offensive uh, uh, attempts at authentic reggae or whatever. This yeah. is, you know, and and enjoyed them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So this would this would not be my first choice to listen to. Uh, I don't think Willie Nelson or reggae. Yeah. Um. I I think it's I I think the the album is really. Uh, the musicianship, I think it's it's really well done. Yeah, it's produced very well. It's it's a uh, it's not uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah, my my only complaint, I suppose, would be that it's a little too comfortable to yeah. listen to. But I I uh, but I um I bought it. I own it. So it's yeah. pretty good background music. Yeah, yeah if if yeah. it were part of a larger shuffle playlist, then you know the occasional hey, there's Willie doing reggae it would be a nice change of pace. I think just a whole album of it was a bit much and either they needed to rethink how much they were going to do or do some or, other or stuff maybe, too. maybe mix it up a bit more. I mean, even, you know, like if you, if you had you know, a good reggae album, yeah. had a good reggae album, I mean, obviously stylistic is all going to be similar, but just like a good pop album, a good rock album, yeah. there's, there's a lot of ebb and flow. This, this seems like a lot of singles. Yeah. It seemed, it yeah. felt a lot more ebb and not enough flow. Yeah. Well, and, uh, Lee Perry and Sly and Robbie are still walking the earth and still doing tons of stuff. They could have hired. Yeah. They could have made they, a, yeah, a greater effort. They could have hired somebody who was more in tune with the, the style of music to, to either play on it or produce or 
consult. Well, and, that's and make it. that's ultimately what it felt like. They they weren't trying to make a great album. They were just they were like, well, this will sell to a few kids as a joke. We'll have a good time smoking some weed and hanging out for a weekend doing this. They should have tried harder, I think, ultimately, is what it came down to. They had a good idea. A Willie Nelson reggae album is a good idea, and they just didn't work on it. Scott, can we review uh, my uh, uh, reggae album, side project album next, and then maybe the, the inactivists have one, right? Uh, yeah, we'll get right <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. It's not cultural appropriation if there's no culture involved. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been accused of that. Yeah, uh, yes. Anyway, I guess that will do it this week, unless we've got anything else. Nope. Okay. My name is Scott Livingston. I'm Logan Renard. Matthew Marr. Uh, we do, again, humbly ask that you take a minute and you know rate, review, subscribe to us in whatever podcasting application. It helps to know that you're listening and that we're not crazy and talking to ourselves here. Um, I thought that's what we were doing. Well, that's also what we're doing. Um, we do have a Twitter, which is at doutliers.com, as well as a Facebook group and an Instagram page and a, a website, which should have you know all our episodes as they come out on it. Um, and you can always drop us an email at detoursandoutliers at gmail.com if you have any ideas for future episodes, strange Things. I just realized that the Ventures recorded a whole album of Jim Croce songs, so cool. we may have to find someone who knows surf music to help us figure that one oh, out. I got the guy. I know. So anyway, tune in next week, and we'll try and figure out who this artist is. Flying, flying in a frame of my mind that time cannot erase. I'm seeing, 